Welcome to your yearly, except during a pandemic, ver- <laughs> episode of Noodles and Broth for Frame Trap. Today, I am joined by Brad Ellis, Hi. Michael Huber, Yo. Uh, and Brandon Jones. Hi. Now, before we get started with Noodles and Broth, it's the, the one part of Frame Trap where there is consistent lore. And of course, I expect you all to know what happened two years ago in Noodles and Broth. <sighs> so, Huber, if you would like to just refresh the audience... I'm kidding. I'm yeah, kidding. we sat down. We sat down, and we presented our uh, creations right to the chef, and uh, you know we talked about some games. Yeah, yeah right. And uh, hmm. there were hmm. smiles and laughs all around. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite the version <sighs> I was going for, but it was a valiant effort. And so I will allow you to prevent present first today. Oh, nice, oh. nice. Um, but, yeah, just going to do a, a very quick bit of lore. I think we went a little bit too long. I was watching the 2019 frame trap, and I think I went a little too long in the lore, so I'm going <laughs> to make it simple. Uh, so the Jinra Corporation is uh, controlling the world with their synthetic food, mm. and there is an underground resistance. Mm. Um, and the great-grandson of the previous chef, uh, his name is Shornobu Bizuya, uh, he will. He, he wants to call upon an ancient power that has not been seen for a millennia. And he says, long ago, when food was not as plentiful, great chefs would come and satiate people's appetites through description alone. So through the power of words, you could become full. So that is what you're going to do today, because normally... In noodles and broth, I have you present games that you have played that you can speak to the experience of. But there is no physical show floor for E3 this year. So we're going to change the rules. You can present to me a game that you've only just seen. The imagination runs wild. And you have to fill me, the great grandson, up with just your words alone and hope. Huber, you will go first. I will evaluate your pitch. (laughs) Okay. So first. It's been a weird time, E3, you know, last couple years, for obvious reasons. But there's a distressing trend. There's been a distressing trend lately that uh, I have chosen to just embrace. (laughs) And that is the lack of... Of gameplay. Not a lot of gameplay out there mm. for some of these big Would you hits. say we're starving for gameplay? Starving, oh. yeah. But it doesn't matter because I'm bringing something that got me hyped anyway. Okay. And that game is Redfall. Oh. Redfall. Oh. This game. Yes, it's just a CG trailer, I know. We don't even know what this damn game looks like. But we can guess. We can imagine. And the reason I bring it is because I haven't felt this strong of a connection to characters and a world from a brand new IP in a really long time. In a world of sequels and remakes and reboots. This trailer was so much fun and all of these characters I really love. Now, let me give you some details about this game. 
that were not really presented during this presentation. And this is a huge deal. This is Arcane Studios. This is what everyone has been wanting and demanding and asking for. A Xbox Microsoft exclusive from a huge studio, Arcane Studios. It's an Xbox game. Redfall. This used to be such a nice place. Redfall used to be a bustling, beautiful island community. It had everything a coastal town in Massachusetts should have. A lighthouse, lobster shack, a boardwalk. But when the vampires took over, they blocked out the sun, pushed back the tides, and effectively walled off the island from the rest of society, trapping everyone who remained. Mm. Now vampires rule the town by night, and the human cultists who worship them patrol the streets by day. Not too many people venturing out of safety to check out the boardwalk these days. Enter you. In Redfall, you'll choose from a lineup of unconventional heroes, each with their own unique abilities and specialized weaponry, and face off against the blood-sucking le legions threatening the island. You can go it alone, single player, for all you multiplayer-averse players out there. Play how you want to play. But the squad is what got me. Layla Ellison. She may be the youngest member of the team, but there isn't much she can't handle with her wits and wildly powerful telekinetic abilities. We saw the umbrella. We saw the, the uh, elevator launch pad. She just looks so cool. Jacob Boyer. Jacob is an ex-military sharpshooter with a penchant for dark clothing and a mysterious vampiric eye. Why? Did he take somebody's eye? Huh. Is this some Sharingan Kakashi shit? It's not. Yeah. Is that Atachi's raven? No. <laughs> Next up, Remy De La Rosa, always spotted with her robotic compatriot. Remy lives on the front lines of conflict, using her brilliant mind and strong sense of empathy to protect her loved ones and help those in need around the world. And then lastly, Devender. Inventor and internet-famous paranormal investigator. He's ready to prove to the world that vampires are real. Mm. But he's going to need to survive first. And this is an open-world game. I'm just loving the vibes. Everything about this. Like, I I'm just so invested in these characters already. And that's just... That's so so what, why, why are you so invested in the characters? I loved their style. I thought it was genuinely funny. I thought everyone was really unique. I love their powers. Like, mm. the way they're working together. That guy's rocking a freaking steak gun. Um, I love the telekinetic powers that, that she uses. I love this character. She's got the robot dog. Uh, and, like, stabs this vampire. And the vampires look cool. I mean, mm. vampires have been in our society for, like, not real, but you know what I mean. Like, vampire Debatable. lore is yeah. hundreds of years old. Like... And to have unique, cool-looking vamps, that excited me. And I just love vampires, I mm -hmm. love co-op, and I love arcane. Mm -hmm. And I just really liked the vibe of this trailer. I went home and I watched it, and I really just zoned in on it, and I was just enthralled and enraptured by it. Um, they even Something they even talk that about you. You haven't leaned in on uh, in your presentation is is arcane specifically. Yep. I mean, you've kind of you've kind of referenced it, but I feel like that's kind of uh, arcane's calling card, right? Is yeah. like watching those dishonored montages, like when people really master it and how crazy they get. Yes. And obviously, you know, 
playing Dishonored, you get that sense as well. And unfortunately, I feel like that's like one of the biggest things a CG trailer does disservice to, because you know how good yep. arcane gameplay can look. And Absolutely. so not seeing it here, yeah. like it's implied, and I do think mm -hmm. you make a good point mm -hmm. with the combination attacks and the potential there. Mm -hmm. That could be really neat, especially if, you know, these vampires are so resilient that, you know, if somebody goes down on your team yeah. or whatever, you, you aren't able to, you know, take them down or at least take them down very quickly. Yeah. Could be cool. Uh, what excites me too is the daytime versus the nighttime. Are there going to be chances where we can just hang out with each other? Maybe a little slower paced. Obviously, we're going to fight cultists. But uh, they also dropped some lore, and this sounds really cool. The arcane vampire isn't afraid of crosses or allergic to garlic. They probably don't sleep in coffins or need an invite to come into your house. Not that long ago, these vampires were just normal people. Well, normal greedy people. People who were so obsessed with the idea of eternity, Orochimaru, that they used science to turn themselves into monsters. Um, there is a, the, a strong science-inspired biotech longevity to these vampires. They're like experimenting on themselves. So the fact that one of those characters says a vampiric eye, maybe he was an experiment gone wrong, mm. or he just messed with it. Sounds potentially like, you know, obviously analyzing um t telling a story about class through vampires especially mm -hmm. if like the rich are just trying to live forever you yes. also have that line in the trailer where the girl's like actually i don't want to go back to normal because then i have to keep paying my student loans like i only want to do it if i didn't have to pay my student loans <laughs> yeah. do you think they'll really lean into that like what what do you think the potential is that there will actually be worthwhile social commentary here arcane studios um with that, I'm not sure. I know, I mean, they mentioned greed. Mm -hmm. um, maybe they'll get into that. And greed and, like, science. Maybe they'll go into, like, weather or, mm -hmm. like, you know, we're on an island. Maybe they'll do that. Uh, this trailer, though, it just seems, it just seems fun. I don't know. I don't know if it's that kind of game, Ben. Uh, I didn't know it was open world. Mm -hmm. And now that you said that to me, I think of Dying Light, kind of. Yeah. Or maybe how the world is set up yeah. in that sense. And that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, this is the last thing, last piece of information I have. They're building an army, and there's a clear hierarchy of power. After their transformation, some vampires develop abilities like the angler seen in the trailer, who uses a psychic harpoon to drag you away from your team. Mm. These vampires are getting stronger and stronger as they grow their numbers, and you'll need to ascend a ladder dripping with blood in order to reach the creatures at the top that started it all. Mm. So just like getting... Yeah. More yeah. intense, yeah, yeah. more intense. The cultists worship these vampires, too. That's what we're seeing in this trailer as well. Uh, the cultists are probably going to be out in daytime, obviously. Or there's going to be enemies with guns roaming around. Um, the idea of knowing what the end goal is, like the source of the vampires, yeah. and, and going after that, I think is really cool. Yeah. Yep. And the main thing also, just why I brought it, obviously you touched on Arcane is the biggest thing. If this was a random studio, I don't know if I would be as hyped because we haven't seen any gameplay. <clears throat> mm -hmm. I'm just going off their legacy. I love, love, love their video games. Um, and it's a big exclusive that ended the show. I mean, this ended Microsoft's conference. This is a huge deal. Just every year, people screaming and yelling, Xbox doesn't have games or exclusives. I know this is also on PC. That's a whole nother argument. But uh, I think this is a big, potentially huge win for Microsoft. I know Arcane is you know, all that whole thing, but... 
so Huber, um, cultivating, satisfying appetite through the power of words, a difficult task. So I'm, I'm just going to, to, to challenge this presentation. I want to see how you handle that challenge. Uh, as a CG trailer, right, it has to convey a lot. Um, and I do think there, there is a uniqueness there, uh, especially like, you know, using the, the, the psychic umbrella attack. I really love that shot where she's loading the gun. <laughs> with it. So there's definitely personality in this game. I think that's undeniable. But the, the way that it's kind of presenting itself, like, I feel like it, it leans into the humor in a way that doesn't really land for me. And I mm -hmm. wonder if that's just like, because we have kind of this running bit at Easy Allies or E3 where it's like, oh, there's always like, you know, three games of the same mm -hmm. coming out around the same time. And I just feel like, uh, a, a game where you have companions that are all kind of quirky and are, you know, are throwing jokes out there. It's fighting off against, you know, uh, some sort of oppressive force, whether it's zombies or vampires or whatever. It's just, it's not a commodity that I feel like is lacking, right? And I think the thing that immediately jumps to my mind uh, is back for blood. Obviously, not a one-to-one -one comparison, but I do think that there are similarities that you can draw from, and to me, Back for Blood is more exciting because A, I've played it, and B, you know, they went into huge detail, they showed off the enemies, they've of shown so much of the gameplay, and so do you, do you worry that, like, this is not going, like, I, I just wish, I... I no matter what, right, even if there's some promising things, I just want a little bit more. Because even what you're telling me about the world, it's like, I'm kind of there, but this is supposed to come out next year, which is not that far away. Mm -hmm. uh, I was going to bring Back for Blood, but it was too safe. It's because too safe. I know I like for that. a fact, like out of every single game shown... Back for Blood is honestly going to take the most of my time. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, out of every game shown, Back for Blood, I'm playing it 100 hours. Like, obviously. Yeah. It's not even a thing. I don't even want to talk about it because it's already freaking awesome. I really wanted to talk about Redfall. That's why I brought it. I think, Ben, you're absolutely right with, like, there's some overlap here. We've had four-player co-op games. We've had vampire games. But at the end of the day, I don't know what it was. I don't know what it is. Something spoke to you. Something about the vibe of this world is dark and serious with a little bit of humor. Yeah, it's lighthearted, but it's not like Gearbox shoving it in your face, and it's not overly heavy and oppressive and brooding. I think the balance is super well done in this trailer. Who knows what that's going to be like as you're going through the game, but, but I just... I, I, I fell in love with these characters, and it just kind of happened. I, you, I'm just, I love them. <laughs> you you kind of talked about this in your presentation, but I think it would be actually cool if, like, spending the night in a gas station or just some place that you, because it is an open world, some place yeah. that you happen to find and getting to know the characters a little bit more or, or have, like, conversations while you're, you know, sipping on a Slurpee or yeah, something. Be cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like daytime and stuff, just kind of, yeah. it's a little calmer. yeah. Because I, I think that would really separate it. Because the things I think that I'm comparing it to, right, going back to that Back for Blood comparison, mm -hmm. I mean, the, the way that, that game is structured is yeah. it's just kind of like you go. Yeah. Like yeah. Left for Dead outside of the safer rooms, there's yes. not a lot of yeah. downtime. And so yeah. I think having more, you're, you're right, having Open slower world. areas to really uh, develop it would be good. So I want to flip maybe? the arcane Explore. argument kind of on its head as maybe a potential negative mm. and analyzing it from that perspective. Mm. Because even with Deathloop, which I think is a great idea, yeah. and overall I think looks good, there's definitely times I catch myself looking at Deathloop footage, and I'm like, 
boy, this feels a lot like Dishonored. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if, like, that's maybe a trap that they could fall into where yeah. it's like, ah, this is maybe feeling a little bit too much of what you've done before. Is that a concern? Um, yeah. I mean, it's tough because I love Rash and Clank Rift Apart, but it still feels like the game I've been playing for 20 years. Right. Comforting as hell, but, like, also you kind of want it to, like, mix it up, change it up. I think the four-player co-op nature is kind of mm. new to, to Arcane. You know, Deathloop is yeah, sure. mm-hmm. Good one, one versus one in a way, you know, how the, however the multiplayer works there. And Dishonored is obviously single player. So I think the co-op vibe, like if mm. they can just nail that world building and emergent gameplay and exploration and just that lived-in immersive sim vibe with four players and just getting that pacing right with like, crazy out of control vampire action but then like when they were done calmness Mm -hmm. i love those moments so i hope there's a lot of exploration and discovery along with these frantic we're all together fighting for our lives situations like it's all just speculation that's all we can do at this point Mm -hmm. but my mind is invested you know, it's funny because even just thinking about four-player Dishonored, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. Shit. Like, that would be wild. Because <laughs> all those powers that like, would be together wild. Yes. when she, like, froze the the vampire and then he shot it with the stake. Like, mm-hmm. let me do let me do some co-op stuff. Yeah. Sure. The, I did like the uh, Edgar Allan Bro. Yeah. Hubert, well done. Great, great first presentation. Who are we going to have next? Jones is looking pretty steely-eyed over there. Yeah, steely-eyed Jones. Steely-eyed Jones. I think he's full of confidence, and I think it's un—it's—it's it's time. It's time to crack it open. <laughs> All right. Io, would you please cue up the trailer for a Plague Tale Requiem? Ooh, nice. Oh, this one's gonna be hard to put back because yeah. I'm so excited. Now, <laughs> the reason I brought this up—I did not play the original Plague Tale. Oh, uh, and it is so my jam. It's yes. just something that. It's tricky, too, because a lot of the conversation around it started around the, the goatees, and so I was like, okay, what categories is maybe this can be considered in? Should I spend my time with other things? This has been uh, – this is a, a fiery, red-hot poker amidst my backlog. Like mm. This is just such a bright thing that just I knew I was going to like, and I knew I was going to be able to set my expectations correctly. Like, I did hear some notes and performance issues, some of the, you know, like, potentially frame rate, or you could just tell it was a – a team's maybe not first game, but like this is the most ambitious thing that they've done. Mm-hmm. So what really impressed me about this trailer was that I came into the potential, you know, the the prospect of playing the sequel, maybe even skipping the first one and jumping into this and just like checking a wiki or having a conversation with you about it or something or blood. <laughs> and this kind of answered all my questions. This kind of set up in a way that I thought like really did. Uh, an almost perfect job just speaking directly to me, which surprised me because I don't have a lot of footing on the first game. Mm-hmm. And I don't find myself in a lot of instances in this trailer being like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know who these characters are. I don't know what this world is. I don't know what the my powers are. Um, and uh, so that's why it really impressed me. So again, like 
coming from this, what I know, you know, I know there's this female character. I know that is her brother, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't need to affirm this stuff. It's just kind of like the thoughts swimming no, around it, in my head going into it's this. It's a good thing to affirm. There, are, there, yeah. there is some kind of a supernatural element to it because there is somewhat of a, a natural number of rats. And it's not just their presence speaking to the, the overall, you know, uh, infestation, the plague itself, but kind of like how you choose to deal with those, how you can maybe turn those against enemies, how you can move around those yourself. And so it could be something potentially over the top to bring in basically The Shining. Like, to kind of just be like somebody just woke up one morning and was like, that's it. We're going to have this hallway, and literally this giant tidal wave of these things is going to come flying in. And why that works for me is it doesn't feel... It, it's kind of right on the line. It's not too gratuitous to where it's something like Doom where I need to see, like, an eyeball ripped out of a demon's head. But at the same time, it's not... They're not just playing on period here. They're not just, you know, f leaning on, oh, you're going to like the story. And so just seeing these characters is going to get you excited enough. It's like, what can we do that is so eye-catching, but at the same time makes sense? doesn't seem like, oh, well, all right, more rats is just going to equal a better game. It's like, no, this I get a vibe that maybe this isn't necessarily happening. Maybe these cutscenes I'm seeing aren't necessarily going to be exactly in the game the way mm. I'm seeing them. It's just... It is a tease. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is just an expert tease of, of showing what could potentially be a lot of this stuff in engine, but uh, showing me, you know, generally what the style and the tone of this is going to be and separating these two characters that from what I had seen in the first game, you know, you're kind of dragging. I'm sure there's moments where you get separated because you always do in those types of games, but like um, seeing, you know, ending with the brother, this child alone, seemingly in safety, but alone. Mm -hmm. Um and just all of these new characters that I don't know, all these faces that I'm, I'm, you know, I see a murder here. I see, you know, what looks like a very beautiful environment, lots of flowers, you know, very beautiful woman. Just kind of like, how do these characters exist in this world? Um, I was, I was surprised when it was over. I was like, <laughs> oh no, I think the, you know, I think this, this like, this developers have to get me. You know, they're just like that guy didn't play the first one. You know, like <laughs> make this trailer everything he was curious that the next game wouldn't be, and performance-wise. Looks very pretty, you know. It, yeah. I, I, it, I get the vibe the that they are going pretty. to pick up where they left off and make an, a generally improved game all around. That's from not having spent time with the first one. Yeah, Jones, this is such an interesting twist and something I did not expect uh, during this this episode of News of Broth is you're coming at it from the perspective of somebody who wants to play and is intrigued by this new trailer, and I've I've played through uh, the first game and absolutely love it. And so you mentioned like making a bigger and better game and, and really trusting based on the kind of what you've heard about uh, Plague Tale Innocence. Um, to kind of flip that on its head, right? I think what is uh, uh, an essential part of the first game is how intimate it is. Mm -hmm. And despite the chaos of entire cities falling apart and people dying, you know, they really keep the the core of the family there and and uh huber was talking about slow moments and and for all of kind of the horrifying stuff that happens in plague tale there are so many uh quiet moments where you really grow and get attached to the characters and so i i worry you know with the sequel right you tend to think of of expansion uh do you think there's any fear in kind of losing that intimacy like like maybe oh, the scope yeah. kind of overtakes it i think i see this as a cast showpiece mm. i see this as a narrative that trusts me to 
do my own work to try to figure out who these people are. You know, like I, you know, when you have an event, the Dying Light is a good example. He just had their preview event, and they're like, this character, we really like this character. It's like, I, auto- I automatically don't like this character, whoever you're about to describe, because you're, like, telling me to like them. It's like, you need to show me yeah. something, have me start to gravitate toward, you know, like one person, you know, have Lady Demetrescu just kind of rise to the surface, and then mm-hmm. that just happens. You know, like, there's a lot of characters in Resident Evil Village, but we really just gravitated towards that one person. And so I, because... You know, especially something like Hellblade, like the, the faces are just so incredible. And the eyes, like it's all in the eyes that I can see each of these characters for such a small amount of time. It's not a long trailer, too. You know, it's not even two minutes. And so they can show me these little bits. And I wonder, is this a friend? Is this an enemy? Is this person being stabbed in the neck? Is that a big deal? Am I supposed to focus on the person behind them? Um, I, I don't feel like I'm being shown these little vignettes because... Uh, they're they're like this character's cool, you know. It's like no, this is a thing that happened. This person's representing themselves. Witcher, I feel, kind of advertised itself the same way. I didn't read those books. I didn't play the first two games. But then these people are popping up, and I'm like, these people just look interesting. Like yeah. this looks like, you know, I am seeing little slices of this world and not just trailer CG, you know, reconstruction. Even the oh boy, what D and D game did the guy have like the monster come out of his face? What was that? <laughs> it? Was really D&D gruesome. Game? Like oh, like, Baldur's Gate three. Is yeah, Baldur's Gate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was really cool, but that yeah. was really you know for for show. That was very much like this game's going to be horrific, but didn't do what you were saying. Where like didn't really introduce me to a cast, didn't give me a sense of kind of what the world is like. Yeah, um, this made me interested to explore this world, but also. It's extremely gory. There's corpses everywhere. Yeah. You know, the rats get right up into the camera. Yeah. And the reveal of her at the end, I mm-hmm. think, is interesting because you don't see her do anything. So is she confident because she's going to fight these rats? Is she confident because she can control them? Is she confident because she can just kind of bubble herself and not deal with it? Like, it, it raises those questions for me. Yeah. Even having not be that familiar with the gameplay mechanics of the first one. Let's, let's try to visualize it from a gameplay perspective uh, because obviously, you know, the story and, and characters are, I think, the major selling point in Plague Tale, but uh, kind of going along with what I was saying about the intimacy in the story, I do feel like there's kind of like a leanness in the mechanics as well. Like it, 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 it is simple in a way that I, I mean is a compliment where it's, it's like a very focused stealth game for the most part, you know, and you have your sling as a tool, you have, a, you know, you use light to kind of fend off the horde of rats. And I, I think, Th- those things together made for a, a very unique and focused adventure. You know, what ways could you see them adding on to that without going too far? Uh, hard to tell from this. Hard to, yeah, hard. To, I haven't gone through those scenarios, so like sure. hard, to, hard to build on systems that, uh, that I'm not familiar with. But at the same time, there's something about <laughs> that there's nobody on this street and then just like, this this thing has been barreling down some other street this whole time and is now just like crashing through this wall. So it's like the uh, the first thing that makes me think of is the suddenness. You know, like I imagine there's a lot of scenarios in the you know especially with stealth games where you like enter a room and then you see okay I got to get past that guy and ooh there's rats over there and maybe I can use that tool. It's another thing when it's like you have five seconds and there is a ten foot wave of rats flying at you. It doesn't matter. You know, so like I wonder if. They're kind of teasing, like, we, we're going to make this a little more active. Like, you are going to be actively fighting things. We might throw in a couple, you know, creepy monsters in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the humans are creepy, too. You know, I definitely get deceit. I oh, definitely yes. get mm-hmm. double-crossing. Mm-hmm. You know, I definitely get, um, uh, you know, people trying to pull something off that's you know, completely separate from what you are trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that w- it would be the kind of the immediacy and ob- obviously just that 
um, like an Evil Within-esque, not to pander, mm. but just that kind of, you know, like a deer in the headlights of horror where you just kind of stop staring at something. You're like, I can't even process what I'm looking at right now. Mm. Day's gone as well. You know, you just see a hundred of those things barreling at you. It's like, whoa, I just lost five seconds because I just stopped, you know, I was <laughs> mm-hmm. trying the, the to process gone- it. Comparison is really interesting because I think something that Days Gone does well is not just people responding to a terrible situation, but these people have been living in this situation for a significant amount of time. What is life like in that world? I think uh, Plague Tale, in a sense, does a very good job of this. And Brandon, yeah, really did not know what you were going to bring. Uh, one that is definitely winning my heart. And Playtale Innocence, for anybody who hasn't played it, because I feel like there are a lot of people who probably haven't played it, um, was a game that I didn't really have any expectations going into, and I always love when this happens. Uh, a game that I absolutely loved and, yeah. and totally think uh, if you have not given it a chance that you should. It's not super long, mm-hmm. but it's it's very gripping, yep, worth a play very well told, fascinating world, great relationship uh, between the brother and sister yeah. and the other characters that you know. And she looks... Ready. Mm-hmm. She looks. Yeah. She looks. Mm-hmm. She's good to go, and that's an exciting thing. Like an Ellie going into Last of Us Two, uh, an yeah. Aloy going into Horizon Two. It's neat to see that character that mm-hmm. built up these skills and confidence in the first game, and then yeah. just going to come into the second game. Like I'm sure coming up against challenges that they do not foresee, but and that's something that's cool in the first game is I feel like she isn't just like you know instant superhero. Right. Like there is a, a a strong progression of that character, and she doesn't like pull a crossbow out or like right. you know like. With a shotgun, like you're so close in her face. Again, the yeah. intimacy of characters. Like a lot of the character shots are very, very close. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can you can just see like how armed she is, just kind of around her shoulders and everything. But the focus is on her eyes, on the face, Definitely. on the skin textures. Great, Brandon. Good stuff. Good job. Uh, we've we've only got one more entry for noodles and broth. What could it be? Last but certainly not least, That's Bradley me. Ellis. What are you bringing? So there's a ton of games at E3, a lot of great games I wanted to highlight. And this is a game that everyone knows I'm bringing, but (laughs) it's a game I will not skip over just because it's expected. I truly believe this is the most exciting thing that I've seen at E3 and the most hyped I've been in a long time. So I will not deny this game just for that fact. Good. And that game is Elden Ring. Now... Everyone at home watching knows that we love From Software. No surprise there. Big deal. But the idea of this game being From Software is kind of their biggest game in scope ever, I would say. Now that it's open world has me really excited. And not only that, this is kind of a meme. He is a meme. Is Jordan R. Martin being involved in this project? (laughs) I'm super curious to see how how him being involved is going to shape the story. Because I know he's involved with the narrative. I know a lot of the characters are going to be more straightforward in some sense. Like, we'll probably get a better understanding of them right off the bat, but there will still be mystery. Now, the biggest thing, obviously, is the open world. Mm -hmm. And From Software is very well known for their level design being tight, connected, in really uh, fantastic ways where you feel you get a shortcut unlocked. You're like, oh, that was sick. That felt good to unlock. I want to see how they uh, incorporate that into an open world. Mm-hmm. Now, I know there's six separate uh, areas you go to, but this game, a big thing they're talking about this game, there's a new interview that came out, I think, today with IGN talking about, with Miyazaki talking about this game. And something that he's really emphasizing, which is a stark contrast to Sekiro, is player freedom. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know, Sekiro was very deliberate in how you were playing. You're forced to play this one style. Loved it, though. But this game is all about freedom, 
letting you handle situations in any way you kind of want to. One a new example is obviously your mount is you're going to be riding around this mount through combat. Being able to stealth pick off guys from uh, from hiding spots like this. This is one of the coolest new features. So I don't know if a lot of people know this who haven't read the interview, but there is a almost Pokemon-esque system into this game where you collect, I, I guess would be souls of enemies, and you could summon them on the battlefield with oh. you at any time. Yeah. So think of like a familiar demon with you. Dude. So uh, Miyazaki was whip? talking about not only are they going to have like different fighting styles, but you may just like the vibe of them being around. He heavily emphasized that around the with them. Soul is mine. I'm so into like from what we remember from software bites or from software games, like the boss fights we usually do are on foot, one on one kind of things. Occasionally, there's a few, but the idea of some sort of encounter, how they're going to handle that on a mount, has me so curious how it's going to play out. They showed that brief fight of you fighting that dragon throwing lightning with your mount. I'm so into seeing these scenarios play out with a mount. I wonder if maybe uh, it'd be better to fight them on land, or if you should ride your mount, how that will change each fight. But I want to bring up one quote from Miyazaki from this interview real quick. I know. I know what it is. It's a good yeah. quote. It's a <laughs> just good quote. For, for all you folks at home, just to give you where from is at in a mindset or a mindset on this game right now. Let's see. Gregor detail. That's not difficult to imagine. Grab pass, but as far as I'm concerned. Okay, here we go. After the interview, he's saying there's a lot that's difficult image to grasp and all that stuff. But as far as I'm concerned, after my 10 years or so of directing games, this really feels like a culmination of everything that I've enjoyed about game development and everything I've brought to this point. I really hope that as a fan of the games, you'll enjoy it. This man is putting all of his eggs in this basket right now. It's funny the context that that phrase has for us versus the rest of the world. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Brad. Obviously, uh, there's a tremendous amount of excitement within Easy yes. Allies and, you know, generally, I think, on the internet with Elden Ring. You know, it's been mm -hmm. so long since we've gotten information, and tons and tons of people are excited. Uh, but it's been interesting kind of following the online discourse mm -hmm. around this game because there has been some pushback, I think, specifically towards the uh, aesthetic choices here mm -hmm. where people, some people are claiming that it looks too similar to other FromSoft games, that it's not really separating itself from the pack it's not it doesn't look too different from Sekiro or souls so what do you, what do you i say think a lot of that? like i think a lot of the enemy designs kind of stand out for me in this one more mm. they seem different enough to dark souls to me obviously we've seen to me this trailer shows very little of what the game is actually going to offer and yes it is a dark fantasy game mm -hmm. and that's like from's like bread and butter kind of thing they love those games but I think the gameplay elements they're introducing are going to change this game dramatically, especially the open world aspect of that. I think people aren't expecting how much sense of freedom you're going to get from this game. Mizaki talked about how there is kind of like a set path, but you're free to go a lot of these areas in your own will, at your own pace. You could ignore the set path in a lot of ways. So that's what I'm so excited about this game is the freedom and the, how much he's describing about it. I want to be able to play this game. See all these fucking huge points. So you got your castle, you got your like plague area, you got your catacombs or whatever down there. You're like, okay, I can go in any kind of order I want to. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk to Ben and hear he went down this path and had a completely different experience than I did at a different part. He talked to this character, maybe something didn't work out with him, 
and the character died or something. Yeah. I want those stories. Those are like the stories we love telling with each other, what has happened in these games. Yeah. I, I don't know if we ever told the audience this, but uh, when you were reviewing Sekiro, mm -hmm. it was actually a really enjoyable time for both me and you because mm -hmm. you and I were kind of playing Sekiro, maybe not at exactly the same pretty time, much but, same but, time. But, but, but yeah, pretty much the same time. Uh, and we would talk, and mm -hmm. we would share stories, and we would like, oh, you saw this, or I and I saw that, and it was, it was so much fun, and I mm -hmm. love uh, doing that with you guys. Whenever a game, you know, Breath of the Wild was the same way, where we would mm -hmm. come in and we would tell each other stories, and so yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think that's a that's a, such a cool thing. Uh, kind of along with Sekiro, mm -hmm. uh, I feel like what it leaned into uh, more so than other FromSoft games is just you know there were there were different endings, right? And mm -hmm. the, the story could take a decidedly uh, different turn depending on which ending you got. Obviously not new for FromSoft games, right. but you're talking about the openness of Elden Ring. Do mm -hmm. you think that could apply to the story in a more substantial way I than I think usual? so, because they really emphasize the story being a big focal point this time around. I think it's going to be the most in-depth I, not that the other stories are in-depth, but I'm saying easier to process off the bat and mm -hmm. kind of what you may be more used to from a traditional RPG, I guess. Definitely there's going to be mysterious shit like always, but I think there's just going to be more than ever. More of that RPG kind of feeling, I guess, from games. Sure. Even though there's been a ton in past ones, but more just of that, what you think of in an RPG. Um, so you think... I, I like the the way that you're saying, like maybe a little bit more of a digestible story, maybe more comparable to uh, other games, mm -hmm. but... Do you think because a, a big part of Souls is like finding secrets, right? Yes. And so with the open world, like, does that terrify you at all? No, as somebody no, who loves to no, see things, so like, if you me. finish your full playthrough, your first playthrough, and it's like, oh my god, I missed this crazy storyline, that's going to excite you. I love the idea of I cool. love the idea of me playing through this game and just not even knowing about something completely random. I want to talk to Mike and Mike be like, "Yo, man, did you get to that?" frozen undead graveyard and i'm gonna be like what are you talking about and he goes <laughs> yeah. yeah it's in the bog in the bottom left corner of the map you have to die a hundred times yeah. that's how you get there that's why you missed it that's why you're familiar with you're like yeah there's that you know cathedral thing it's like yeah i went to there but there's nothing there yeah. and you were like go back yeah go yeah back to the statue oh, you know yeah. flip the switch yeah <laughs> and just the idea of so one thing i really love from dark souls 3 that's kind of returning this game is the weapon arts mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. unlike dark souls 3 where they're bound to specific weapon they're talking yeah. about now you'll be able to customize what weapon arts oh, and put cool. it in a specific weapon so you find like cool. they showed that kind of like a magic sword you can maybe put that on some more weapons you're like, mm. you're like i like this sword. i'm going to keep it with me at all times i don't know also how the progression is going to work necessarily mm -hmm. i don't know if it's necessarily going to be just you leveling up kind of thing like that i think it might be more so I think the Pokemon spirit thing could be an awesome mm. form of reward for exploration and progression for your character. And lore. And you know, lore, You yeah. get their soul, you learn about them, they you know, maybe, yeah. maybe talk to you and send you messages or something. Yeah, or... that's how it works in real life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brad, open world. Uh, so another element uh, with souls that's, that's so essential, right, is mm -hmm. PvP. Mm -hmm. um, how do you think... PvP will work in a FromSoft open world game. Are you worried that that's going to affect it, it negatively? Like maybe it'll just be too ridiculous. I think it'll be pretty similar to past games. Okay. But I because th they talk about there being like six regions and mm -hmm. maybe like the one in the middle, which because there's a hub and everything like that. Maybe yeah. your hub's kind of that region, and it'll be like each summon is tied to a specific hub. And I'm 
I'm not sure about this, but there could be like the soap stone uh, signs on the ground. You summon people like that, you get invaded. Gotcha. And I think you could you could summon friends. I don't remember how many you could summon. I'm not sure if it's four or more, but the idea of me like summoning, if you can, like more than four, I could summon everyone at this table. Well, this is a this is a jump. But one thing that I enjoy about playing my GTA Five mm -hmm. and my Red Dead, both are online, in case you didn't know, uh, is there'll be like a random challenge, and you can do it or not. So mm -hmm. like I'll yeah. be driving around in GTA, and it's like, hey, there's a you know you 180 challenge coming up in 30 seconds, and I'm just like, oh yeah, sure, I'm not doing anything, yeah. let me do it. Yeah. Be fun if like you're wandering around and like something pings on the map, and it's like someone's coming. Like, yes. Something's gonna happen. Yes. That's gonna be a bonus for them in their game, but if you want to hustle, get on your horse and run yeah. over there, you can stop yeah. them from getting it and get it yourself. Uh, or... an, op an, oppor an opportunity, that it's funny that you bring up Red Dead because there's, there's also like those dynamic events that'll happen in the world where like Somebody will be like claiming that they need help, and you go help them, and they mm -hmm. try to rob you or something. You <laughs> so could great. do that in a really cruel, FromSoft <laughs> sense. Like, imagine having randomized. You don't know where it's going to appear in the world. <laughs> Pretending to be an NPC. Yeah, right, like Patchy's <laughs> gone mad, right? Basically, could be really interesting. Uh, Brad, major mechanic that they really highlighted mm -hmm. uh, in this trailer is the. Mount. Yes, uh, mount of combat. Yeah, as somebody who's very intimately familiar with combat from from software mm -hmm. how do you expect that to change things i mean i think it's going to change an encounter dramatically so one thing i'm really excited about the idea of this game ben is maybe just patrolling enemies around that you can run into mm. that you wouldn't expect to you know you think about a from software game you got this one enemy type maybe in this one area and that's about it yeah i'm really into the idea of maybe some enemies wandering into some places you don't expect at the time yeah and catching you off guard. That makes me think, because uh, something I love in Xenoblade Chronicles is kind of, even in low-level areas, mm -hmm. you'll see, like, giant towering mm -hmm. monsters that you can't touch yeah. yet, but, you know, maybe at some point you can come and return but like, to that area. Like I said, maybe I was talking about the boss fire with the dragon on the mount. Yeah. I'm thinking about, like, giving you even more approaches on how to take on a boss. Oh, sure. Maybe you don't even need to fight it on your mount. Maybe you could fight yeah. it without your mount if you're more comfortable. But Good if point. you feel more comfortable on your mount, or maybe your character's tailored around that more, you might want to take that approach. Mm -hmm. Did you see the double jump? Oh, of course I did. Yeah. The double jump, then the, yeah. like the pad crazy. that launches you up. Crazy. Last question. Yes. Do you think Elden Ring will get delayed from its January release I date? I believe Miyazaki said he felt comfortable with the date. Okay. But I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. Because I'm a fan of video games, and this thing, these things happen. These things happen. But I feel like... They've been quietly working on this game for quite a while. Okay. Pretend it comes out in the summer so you won't be disappointed. Next summer. <laughs> next summer, yeah. Just pretend. Just, just like yeah. Yeah. mind wipe yourself. Yes. Like it's coming out in June yep. and then just being like, oh my god. Oh yeah. shit. Six yeah. months early. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's out, dude. <laughs> Fuck yeah. All right. So. The warrior, the rebel leader thinks you may be ready for your first battle. Oh, Maybe shit. not 100% certain, but we're, we're running low on recruits. There is um, <laughs> one thing that he forgot to mention, however. That a group of his guerrilla fighters just received information that could potentially swing the war in their favor. Mr. P? 
Mr. P, can we can we reveal that information? I just got the go-ahead. Are you ready? Yes. I think so. I need you to look me dead in the eyes. Homeworld 3 is now in development. Oh, my God. Thank you for watching, everyone.